Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. All right, it is the football show on Off the Ball. Nathan with you this evening and for the final time in 2021. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by John Giles. Happy Christmas, John. Same to you, Nathan. All the listeners. It's been a long old year. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep going. We'll keep going, Nathan. Uh, you are uh, you got some bit of family up for Christmas anyways? Yeah, got a few, got a few here. Well, the, uh, it's going to be an awkward conversation, I think, because your son Paul was texting me after the last time we were on a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about uh, footballers and expectations on their sons, and he was telling me he's the star man at the Thursday Night Five-a-side and was very upset that you didn't give him a mention. Yeah. Did he put his age in? <laughs> Is it the over 35s or the over 40s he's in? He's over 40s. Wow. <laughs> he's still banging in the goals. That's the main thing, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I don't, I've never seen him play, would you believe, uh, Nathan? He usually plays with a gang of gang of lads. Right. Like he's playing seven aside. Or like, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen him play. Well, that would be oh. the perfect uh, John Giles trip down, a bit of harsh analysis <laughs> of the over 40s playing a bit of seven aside. Well, he, he never, he, he always said he, he wasn't any good, Nathan. So right. there was no point in. Uh, <laughs> no point go watch him. So don't come back to see him. So he saved me. He saved me a, saved you a lot of to, hassle to the to the football ground. Um, no, he, 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 he told me he sent that on to you, but he was he was obviously having a having a bit of a laugh. About yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he was. Well, look, it's yeah. great that uh, they'll be up with you over the Christmas. Um, Obviously, there's quite a few games already cancelled. Uh, I heard Roy Keane during the week saying how he loved the Christmas period when he was a player. He mm-hmm. loved the discipline of it. And while yeah. often when we talk about footballers and Christmas, it's the sacrifice and having to go training on Christmas Day and maybe stay yeah. in a hotel with the rest of your teammates on Christmas night. He was saying how much he loved that, actually, because the games were so important that you'd have three, four games in a short spell that meant so yeah, much at days, the end of the season. Four days, usually, Nathan. You'd have three yeah. games in four days. Yes. Yeah, right. it, might, it might have changed a bit in time in Roy's time. I don't think it did, but in my time, it was uh, three games in four days. If it was uh, you play on Christmas Eve, and then the two days afterwards, or the two days before, and one after Christmas, but you played in the, uh, the, the three games in four days. Same at Easter night. There was a few more games now from the league. Now we, we and now it's thirty-eight. There's, we, it was used to be forty-two games uh, in the league. Yeah, but that's what you have to do. Now, on a personal level, I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, like, it wasn't very good for the family because uh, in Don Reeves' case, for example, it was a big deal to let you have a, your Christmas dinner at home. Right. And as soon as your dinner was over, then you were back in for training and off to the hotel uh, for Christmas Day itself. So it was a big deal. That's what he used to say. I'm going to do you a good, a good Christmas. You can go home for your dinner, back in for training, and then we're away. Because I was looking at some of the seasons you were playing with Leeds, and 1966, you played Liverpool on December 27th and won at Anfield by a goal to nil. And then you played them again the next day back at Ellen Road and lost 1 nil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you picked out a bad year for us there, Nathan. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that, was, that was the way it was. Yeah, you played, yeah, you could play, usually you played the same team uh, over the three days. It could be Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. You know, whatever yeah. way the Christmas fell. But you could. It was quite very, very common to be playing the same team uh, in two days. And obviously, and you didn't have big squads 
back in those days and it would be the same sort of 12, 13 players who'd be used oh, yeah. throughout a season. So would, yeah. it, would it be a general thing that a player who'd start on December the 26th would also be the same players that would start on December 27th or would the manager try and rotate the squad? No, there was no rotation. There was no rotation generally in those days, Nathan. I mean, Bill Shankly said at one stage, uh, you know, if you're going to win the league, your best chance is if you're playing the same team every week. Right. That was the that was the attitude in those days. Now, to be fair, uh, we didn't have as many games in uh, you know Europe and international matches and, and 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 that. We had a fair amount, but that was the the culture of the day. You played your best team whenever you could, mm. and it didn't matter how many times you were playing for. Like definitely for those three matches over Christmas and Easter, you'd have the three matches in four days. It was always barring, barring injuries, of course. It was always the same team. And if you were playing a team back to back, would like would you be going out with the same tactics from one match to another? Would you be going in after the first game, having say that double header against Liverpool, having learnt a lot from the first match, that you're changing things significantly for the second match? Um, not particularly, Nathan. Unless there was one, one or two lads dropped from the, the previous match, which was most unlikely. Um, but I, I think you know, I don't think anybody of us agreed with the tactical situation. You know, it was, it was you go out and you played, uh, home or away, it, it didn't make any real difference, Nathan. And, and that's what I still believe today. You know, a game is a game. Uh, and the only thing that can interfere with your performance is the referee's reaction to the crowd. You know, if you, if you, if you do it properly, say, go into Anfield. I know you said we lost there. But any big ground you go to, if you do your own stuff, I mean, the crowd really get behind you when you're winning. Yeah. You know, if you're losing at home, Nathan, the crowd go against you. So if you do it in the right way and you get in front away from home, it can work in your favour. But you wouldn't be changing. You wouldn't be changing the tactics really. Hopefully, if you lost at Anfield, then you'd 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 know Joe Bloggs played really well against us. We have to do something about him. Uh, but generally speaking, you'd you'd you'd, you'd go and and play to the best of your own abilities and hopefully win the match. The game has obviously changed completely in terms of strength and conditioning and awareness of injuries and the current managers are all incredibly concerned about the amount of matches that they have to play over Christmas, the backlog that is coming because of COVID and late start of the season, early finish of the season, the World Cup taking place mid-season this time next year, the fact that some players are going off to the African Cup of Nations. If you're playing three games in the space of four days, would there not have been a spate of injuries would you not be losing several players after every game with muscle fatigue with hamstring injuries well you would it wasn't the same situation Nathan I mean now it's it's a very very exceptional situation in that the games have to be played because of the the virus situation over the past probably two years mm. you know you've got on top of that then international tournaments they're trying to make up the time they're trying to make up the matches even now they're trying to make up for, for next year because we know the, the World Cup is in around Christmas time and they can't afford any delays. And uh, to be honest now, we never had in my day the situation we have today with the virus. It, it, it's absolutely, you know, crazy stuff trying to get the matches in. And then, then the matches are off again now because of a, a spike in it. You know, in my day, we never had that particular situation where there was matches... Uh, postponed or you couldn't play this is a un- very very unusual time yeah. Nathan very unusual and it has to be done because uh, you know they're looking forward even to next year 
you know, how are they going to get the matches in and the World Cup is coming up and uh, especially for like the top six teams because most of their players are playing at international level as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very crazy, uh, dangerous situation, in my opinion, for the players because if you're playing at the rate that they're playing at the moment, you're bound to get injuries, Nathan. You're bound to. And it's not fair on the players. Mm. Uh, when Don Revy let you home then for the Christmas dinner, did you go all out? Turkey, ham, gravy, stuffing, you name it? Well, you, well, you have to be a little bit careful, uh, Nathan, because you were going back in training in the afternoon. You know, so you couldn't, you, you couldn't overdo it, let's put it that way, that's for sure, because you're worried about training in the afternoon then. Yeah. And then you'd be off in the coach, whatever you were playing, say it was Newcastle, and you were there, and you'd be away for the next two or three days. Yeah. But it was enjoyable as well. I actually enjoyed the Christmas uh, uh, season, Nathan. And I never felt, actually, some of the matches I played in, I felt better after the third match than I did after the first match. Right. The fitness was just kicking into gear, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about some of the football of the past week. Um, There was Carabao Cup over the last couple of nights. Tottenham had a good win against West Ham. I know you were watching this, and that followed on from the performance against Liverpool at the weekend, the 2-2 draw, which was you know, an incredibly exciting game. There were so many talking points around it. Antonio Conte has done what was expected of him. He has come in and he has made an impact. They look a very different team already from where they were six weeks ago. Definitely. Definitely, Nathan. You know, he's what I'd regard as a real manager. You know, he comes in, he, whatever way, obviously knowledge of the game, personality, Whatever it might mean that makes a successful manager, usually it's knowledge and attitude. In other words, no messing. You get out, you do the stuff, you do what I want you to do. We train hard, we work hard, you work for the team. These are all the, 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 the basic stuff, I, I think, for good management. Knowledge of the game, getting the best out of the players that you have available. And I think he's definitely done that in the, in the short few weeks that he's there. Mm. You know, if you, if you don't have that... Uh, uh, approach and attitude and knowledge, Nathan. You don't get it. Actually, sometimes with managers who don't have that, it gets worse as you go along. The longer you're with the team, it gets worse. And that's what I've seen in, in managers who don't have it. It, uh, it gets worse. That when morale goes, they don't lose respect. Players lose respect for the manager. They know he's no good. They're not going to play for him. He doesn't see things, fellas that are shirking the job. Mm. Doesn't even see it. Can't put it right. All those things, are, a lot of things, it takes a, a lot of uh, attributes to, 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 be, to be a successful manager. Knowledge of the game. Personality, Nate. I mean, I saw, I saw some lads with really good knowledge of the game, but didn't have the depth, the, the, the depth personality like a, a, a Klopp or a Ferguson to dominate all of them. Dominate yeah. them. There'll be a bit of fear attached to it in dealing with the manager, you know? He's obviously changed the system as well. They're going with three at the back and they're playing wing-backs. But it does seem that the change in attitude has been key as well because there's a statistic going around that under Nuno, they were covering 100 kilometres per game, the players, whereas now they're covering 115 kilometres per game. That there's just a lot more honesty of effort in this Tottenham team than there was six weeks ago. Well, yeah, well, that's what the that, that's what the top managers do. You know, they, they look at the, the players, see who's who can do what or who can't do what. Uh, the first thing they, they, they demand is honesty of effort. That's the first thing that I've I found with great managers: honesty of effort. Because you don't have to have an awful lot of ability to be honest in what you're trying to mm. do. Right. The, the biggest fear for a manager is is uh, that's with a lot of ability 
who don't have a go. Well, they kill them. They get them out straight away. That, that's the first thing I, I've found with managers, uh, real managers, demand an honesty of effort. That's your starting point. And then you put it right from there. Joe Blows can play better at right back. He can play better at left back. And the more deceived players, the better they become because they can put little things. Football is made up of a million little things, Nathan, in my opinion. And the real managers can spot all these little things from one match to the next with every player. Yeah. In other words, if the right back is 10 yards out of position on the cover position, you'll see that. Put it right. That makes that little bit, that, that little bit makes that team a little bit better. And if you go through the whole 11 and there's little bits here, little bits there, then the team becomes better and you start winning matches. You look better. You become a very professional team. So the more matches they play, the better they become. When you've got a bad manager, Nathan, sometimes the more matches you play, the worse you become because he doesn't spot what's going wrong. He's the kind of man who wouldn't leave you a crumb on a plate. If City ring up this morning and say, come on then, what's the price? He will say it's X. It's not X minus 10%. OTB AM, live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. One thing we wanted to do, considering it is uh, the last time we're going to talk to you this year, John, is maybe uh, get a few... John Giles Awards for the season. I don't know if we've got trophies to hand out to the players. We'll try our very best. But we've got a few little categories that we might run through with you over the next few minutes. Okay. So to look back on 2021, the end of last season, the start of this season, and the various tournaments that we got to watch as well, who is your player of the season so far? I would have to go for Mo Salah. It's hard to argue against it. Yeah, because he's... He's, when you're scoring goals at the rate that he's scoring goals, I mean, scoring goals is the most important thing in a match, Nathan, as we know. And and he's he's, he's plays in the wing on the wing most of the time. He's mm. not a, a central striker, and to do what he does, uh, match in and match out, is remarkable. It's, remarkable, and his goal scoring has been absolutely fantastic. Well, it's it's, it's the quantity of goals he scores, but also the quality. Like, yes, like there's yes. shots from distance. There's the type of goal he scored against Manchester City where he somehow weaves his way through three or four players. Yeah. Tap-in's been in the right position at the right time. He seems to have it all. Oh, he's, he's brilliant. I think what ha- well, with most players like that, uh, Nathan, to do it, he's, he's, he's got tremendous, terrific balance. Mm. You know, he's mostly left-footed, as we know. But you, you know, he's, he's fairly seldom off-balance. I mean, he's a fairly, fairly short lad and, and, and really, really strong. So his, 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 his centre of gravity is ideal for what he does, come inside on his left foot. And as we see him coming inside on his left foot from that position on the right side, it's made for him to be able to do what he does with the inside of his left foot and curl it with a fair bit of pace into the far corner. But he's, he's, he's very, very quick. He's very quick, gets in a good position, able to dribble. Uh, and and he, doesn't, he doesn't score a hat-trick when you're winning 6-0, Nathan. Mm. He scores a hat trick when you're no score. Yeah, when, he, which when is, he's which needed. Which is a big difference, you know. They, they, we used to say that the Sunshine Boys, you know, even goal scorers, they scored the last two goals in a six nil win. You know, that's not most the, the big guys like <laughs> Salah. He scored three in the first the three nil of a game. Yeah. So I, I would definitely put him down as uh, with his goal scoring abilities and, and his, his, sorry, his, his goal scoring qualities uh, as as the best of the season. And he's been so consistent as well since he arrived at Liverpool with the amount of goals he's scoring season after season. When we're talking about great Premier League strikers and this him into his fifth season, are you at a stage where you can 
put him on a level with a Thierry Henry and an Alan Shearer? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, you know, and the thing is, uh, Henry and Shearer were central strikers, mm. Nathan. You know, which is, they, 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 they've got the uh, the choice of going right or left to, to get their goals. I mean, Salah is basically on the right side. He's very seldom, you very seldom see a goal uh, coming in from the left side. Very seldom. It's mostly from the right-hand side. So he he's less freedom than uh, Shearer and, 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 and Henry. Um, but he does it. And he does it does it extremely well. Now he'd he'd be up there with the best of the best, in my opinion. Who's your most improved player over the past year? I would put uh, that down to Declan Rice. And you rated him pretty highly even at the start of the year, so yeah, he's obviously I think gone he's got to another level. level. I think he's only twenty two. Mm. So you know, when you get players of that ability, uh, they usually get better every year. You know, if they're the real McCoy, and I think he obviously, he's obviously the real McCoy. He's getting stronger physically. I think mentally, obviously, he's learning the game. He's, 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 he's a few, about four years away from the peak, what should be the peak of his career. And he's doing it. You know, he's, quick, he's a big lad, uh, very well balanced, unbelievably well balanced for his size, and exceptionally quick, Nathan. You know, he runs like a little fella on the ball. He controls it well. Uh, I think he's just getting better, better. I think better and better. I think his attitude is is excellent. Match in, match out. I see him. He's he's, he's always honest in what he tries to do. Uh, sometimes he makes a mistake, but he he doesn't stop. And uh, I think he's one of the probably the major influence in a very very good West Ham team this year. You've spoken over the past few months about Declan Rice and how he could potentially move deeper and play centre half. But if he stays as a midfielder, do you look at Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, and think he could go into any of those midfields and improve them? Yes, definitely, Nathan. What I find with really, really top-class players, um, like and I mentioned them playing at the back, because the further you go back, the easier it is, Nathan. You've got the whole game in front of you, and you're reading it well, and it's, it's easier. Um, but he's much more valuable as, as the midfield player yeah. that he is, and I think he'll, he'll only get better. Um, what what about know, his range of passing, John? Because I know when he emerged good, first, there was yeah. a sense he was maybe yeah, that good, 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 nice and yeah. yeah. He, he he wouldn't be up there with the best in in picking out the right ball, but he's, he's well capable of doing it. Now he'll get his fair share of of long passes in in the game. You know, he's, he's as good as anybody else at um, creating these passes. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe one or two of the past lads, lads would be on the ball. Better be say Xavi. Uh, who was a great player for Barcelona, as we know, would pick out passes um, probably at some stage of the game better than uh, Declan. Uh, but, he wouldn't, but he wouldn't be able to cover the ground defensively as well as, as, as Declan can. Yeah. You know? No, he's, he's a top-class player that can only get better. I mean, the reason I say he's playing at the back, it'd be really easier for him because lots of his ability, if they do move to the back, it becomes easier for them to play. But I, but if I was a manager, I would definitely play him in midfield. Uh, it's it's nearly Christmas, so I don't know if we want to. But I'm still cr- sorry, Dan, I didn't interrupt you. I'm still crying o- o- over. Well, that's, Declan, that's what I was just us. about to say as well, John. Oh uh, God, what is what a shame! Like he is of such a talent that he would elevate everyone in that Ireland team around him. Like we would be looking at this current Ireland group in a very different way if they had Declan Rice running the oh, midfield. Well, imagine. Uh, uh, Declan Rice and Gre- Grealish 
which we lost out on as well, Nathan. I know I, I don't want to be talking about this because it's not very pleasant. <laughs> but I, you know, when I see them play, I think God, they they could be playing for us, and they'd make a huge difference. Mm. They'd make a huge difference, Danny Jim, particularly Rice. Yeah. All right. So uh, Declan Rice, we'll see what happens with Declan Rice in 2022. Wouldn't be at all surprised to see him end up leaving West Ham at some stage. Uh, last one, John. Most disappointing player of 2021. Deli Ali. He didn't change your mind on Sunday. On on his performance. With his performance against Liverpool. I didn't think he played all that well. Right. I really didn't. I mean, I'm not a fan of his because I don't think he's honest in what he does. In what way? You know, I see him in the game, even in, in, in the match against Liverpool. He, he, he took somebody down or out of the game or, or gave a free kick away when there was no need for it at all. So I just think his whole attitude, he, I think he was, he was the makings of a really top, top-class player until he signed his new contract, Nathan. Mm. And I honestly think he's stopped playing since. He's got a 150 grand car and all that. I, no, I have no problem with players having their cars and all that. As long as they keep doing their stuff on the pitch, I don't think he's done that. And he has ability. I mean, he should be, you know, he should be up there with Declan Rice, in my opinion. Yeah. With the ability that he has. He's got terrific ability. But, I mean, that's a few managers who are not playing him. It's not just one manager dude, that didn't like him and that can, that can happen. But I think the last two or three managers have had that Spurs have had. Uh, and he certainly wouldn't be. I don't think uh, the, the new manager they have would be a fan of his and his attitude, Nathan, at all. Well, we're going back four or five years for Deli Ali at his best and playing at a very high level consistently and even back then though Johnny was a, a strange sort of player to figure out in that he never fully controlled a game from midfield he'd always have these moments and score a lot of goals but he was you're never quite sure was he a, a number 10 or was he number 8 or what his best position was he, it almost felt like he got a little bit lost well I, I don't think he was ever a midfield player he was always a striker coming from a deep position and he had a very very good relationship uh, partnership with uh, King. uh, uh, uh Harry, Harry Kane, yeah. Harry Kane, you know. And no, I, I, I just remember when he signed his new contract, Nathan, you know, he, he just wasn't the same player after that. And it's, he's not the only one. I mean, the, the, it does happen. You know, money corrupts. I mean, if you look at the situation with Aubameyang, for example, you know, like he was, he was the best centre-forward in the Premiership before he signed his new contract a couple, yeah. 18 months ago. He's hardly kicked the ball since. It does happen. And I think that happened to Deli Alley. That he, he was he was he looked a really really top class player. He was never a midfield player. He was a striker that scored goals from a deep position, and he was brilliant at it. His control was good. He was a good hand of the ball. He was a good finisher. I mean, how is it? Managers have come in. I think there's two or three, four managers now. Nathan, and I see him. I see him on the pitch, and he's not the same player, same player at all. And that, 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 that the only one reason for that is that he signed a new contract and he stopped trying the way he was trying beforehand. That's my take on it. So, to me, I hate to see players of his ability not doing what they should be doing. You have, it's a short life, generally, Nathan, and to have regrets, uh, I think, is, 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 and there's nothing to do with me, I don't even know him, but I think what he can do, what he should be doing, he's not doing, is very, very, very sad. Yeah, I'd imagine uh, Aubameyang wasn't far behind him in terms of disappointment of the last year. Uh, just to look ahead to next year, John, it's very hard to predict with the Premier League because of the fixture backlog that's going to come because of players going to the African Cup of Nations. Uh, if you were to pick a Premier League winner at the halfway stage, who is it? 
well, if I was putting a few bob, I'd, I'd say I'd probably go at Liverpool. Right. Still, even with the potential of Salah and Mane missing a few weeks at the African Cup of Nations? Well, I know, Ned, and it's, it's, it's very difficult. Maybe the, like the, 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 the main opposition is going to be Manchester City mm. and, and, and Chelsea. You know, they could have a lot of players missing as well, Nathan. You know, which is... But overall, I, 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 if I was putting a few bob on it, I think I'd go at Liverpool. All right. Uh, you've been fairly consistent on that. Uh, John, it's been brilliant to have you with us uh, all year again. Thanks, as always, uh, for your time. And I will talk to you in 2022. Yeah. Enjoy the Christmas. OK. Thanks, Nathan. Really enjoyed it. You've been very, very good. Very helpful, as usual, to me. And uh, all the listeners, happy Christmas and a healthy and happy New Year. Yeah, you too, John. I'm sure we'll have lots of warm messages in for you as well that we pass on over the Christmas as well. So enjoy the Christmas, John. And you, Nathan. Thanks, Jan. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.